This is the You Winning Life Podcast, your number one source for mastering a positive existence. Each episode, we'll be interviewing exceptional people, giving you empowering insights, and guiding you to extraordinary outcomes. Learn from specialists in the worlds of integrative and natural wellness, spirituality, psychology, and entrepreneurship. So you too can be winning life. Now, here's your host, licensed marriage and family therapist, certified neuro-emotional technique practitioner, and certified entrepreneur coach, Jason Wasser. Welcome back to the You Winning Life podcast. I'm here with Dr. Noah Leibowitz, who's a second-generation chiropractor and applied kinesiologist. As a natural healing physician, he focuses on stressors and toxins that inhibit us from reaching our full potential. He's a graduate of Parker University with a doctorate in chiropractic, Arizona State University where he studied biology, and an internship at Yale Medical School doing ovarian cancer research. Hanging out with us from Tacoma, Washington area, Dr. Noah, thanks for joining us on the You Winning Life podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. This will be a fun time today. So we recently just met at one of your workshops that I've been wanting to do for years. And thankfully, finally, it worked out where I got to train with you guys. And one of the beautiful things that I saw was that the work that you're doing was started by your father Mm -hmm. and you're continuing on in this tradition. So growing up as the son of a chiropractor, when did you know that this was your purpose and passion? That's a really good question. I know there's a couple home family videos, I think where I was three years old and I said I wanted to be a chiropractor when I grew up and I completely forgot about that. You know, as a kid, you go through, you want to be a baseball star, you want to be president, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Really, I didn't know until probably my last year of college. Um, I went into college completely undeclared as a major. I got really interested in health sciences. I thought about going to med school for a while. I thought about going into cancer research. That's why I went to Yale for the summer. And... You know, what I ended up coming back with is, I mean, those are all very good professions, but what I personally want to do, I mean, I have friends that are ER docs that are other medical professions right now, MDs, DOs, and they, I would trust them with my lives. They're great at emergency care. And the more though I see the medical profession is they're not good at chronic care for people that have been sick for a while. You know, you break your arm, you have things like that. They're amazing at emergency surgery, but they fail so many people just because they're not given the right tools for people that have been sick for a while. And that's kind of what I ended up deciding I wanted to do of help those people. And it's like my parents really didn't pressure me in one way or the other. Um, but, and that's why I just kind of kept trying out different things. And I'm like, this is what interests me. And that's how I made my own decision my last year of college. So what was this education process like for you, right? So you started off biology major. Was there anything specifically that Arizona State uh, had? I know that uh, Dr. Wiles out there, correct? Yes. He's actually down in Tucson University of Arizona. That's our rival, Go Sun Devils. Um, <laughs> but no, I actually, a reason I picked Arizona was my brother was at a different school down there at a time. So I had some family nearby. It was far away from home, but not too far. But I went into Arizona State completely undeclared as a major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So one thing I liked about the school was being such a large school, I could take classes and everything. So my first freshman year, I took sociology, I took psychology, I took mathematics, I took biology. And that's where I kind of was able to figure out I loved how the human body worked. It was really anatomy and physiology that pushed me into this realm then. And so it's more I chose the school based off the availability to learn anything that I wanted to. And then I just found what I liked in biology, especially anatomy and physiology is how the body works. 
So growing up, right, knowing that your dad does this, how much of that did you kind of have an advantage going in? Or it was kind of like, I kind of know these things and they interest me, but to have the nitty gritty detail, did that give you any advantage going in and studying? And You know, in anatomy and physiology in undergraduate, you know, I heard some terms before and everything, but like my dad, I mean, you know, we do some anatomy lessons growing up and things like that, but it wasn't anything too in depth in all honesty. A lot I had to learn in undergrad. When I went into chiropractic school, it was really interesting. So after I graduated from did my four years of undergraduate. I went to Parker University in Dallas, four years of chiropractic school. And I went in knowing a lot of AK for my dad. I went in knowing how to learn, doing certain muscle tests, do the nutritional protocols that we do. I really knew very little about chiropractic though, I will say. Like, you know, my I, my dad adjusted me for my whole life, but it's not for something that he really taught me or anything like that. So in some ways I went in a blank slate and didn't know a whole lot about your typical chiropractor until I actually went to school, which was definitely very interesting. So you just dropped a few terms, adjustment, AK. So for those of uh, the listeners out there that are unfamiliar with those, can you give us your understanding of, of what those mean? And like you said, I knew what I was getting from my dad, but the difference between that and a, you know, another type of mm-hmm. chiropractor. So in um, chiropractic, basically you have something called a subluxation, which is in layman's terms, a bone is slightly out of alignment. The bone's not moving correctly, it's stuck. So that's the term for a subluxation. And then chiropractors are trained to adjust those subluxations and put them back into place. Um, with So applied kinesiology was founded by Dr. George Goodhart back in the 60s. He was the first Olympic chiropractor, one of the smartest guys ever. And he basically developed this whole system of I don't want to call it biofeedback, but basically how dysfunctions you could associate with different muscles. Then he correlated those organs and he figured, he put a lot of things together out there. He put together cranial work. He put together chiropractic adjustment. He put together more functional medicine of um, um, nutritional therapies and put them all together and showed people a way to check to figure out what exactly was going on with the person. So, you know, I asked about like the differences of chiropractic versus what I was used to. So in a typical chiropractic model, if you have some back pain, you might need to get adjusted two or three times a week for X amount of weeks. And they're really just looking at the bones, maybe it's a little bit of muscle work also. And they can really help a lot of people. I mean, it decreased the opioid use tremendously and a lot of different things like that. But the way that my dad always worked, I mean, he'd see a patient every two or three weeks of the most. And the reason being is we like to look at, okay, you know, why are the subluxations coming back in the first place? You know, you have some people that are lifting a lot of heavy and different things like that. A lot of the times, if you have a lot of inflammation in your body, you're going to hurt all over. Your bones are going to keep coming out of alignment. My dad always says he, he feels the most common cause of subluxations and of joint pain and discomfort in people is due to the foods that we eat. And so if you really dig in with using applied kinesiology and you dig in and find what people shouldn't be eating and you find ways to make them healthier, then their whole body is healthy and you don't need to work on them as much. So it's kind of a different paradigm and different outlook. Which is really fascinating because my work as a marriage and family therapist, none of that mindset was instilled in us uh, in our training, even though we were very postmodern uh, in our philosophy, which is that we don't hold the absolute truth as experts, that we, but we co-create our reality around us. Um, but this whole mind-body stuff wasn't really kicking off yet. This whole mindfulness um, and the integrative stuff was really just starting tr- to trickle in into my field. And years ago, around 2010, I was already practicing for a handful of years. 
I started going through some major panic attacks after um, a personal crisis, and I tried everything. I was already going to acupuncture. Um, I was already doing some chiropractic. Um, and I knew that there was this thing called muscle testing out there. And I experienced it with a friend of mine uh, who is a chiropractor who does some version of applied kinesiology, but I had no clue what it was. Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind. And a friend of mine suggested that I go to a, a neuroemotional technique practitioner here in Fort Lauderdale. And within three sessions, my anxiety went away. So I totally understood right after that, I jumped in and took my first training a month later. Um, and now I'm a certified NET practitioner. But I completely agree with what you're saying that this mindset of mind, body, health starts off with the exposure to what's around us. And you're starting off, if I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're starting off with the toxins of bio, right, biochemistry toxins that we're exposed to. And I'm starting off um, on the perspective of emotions, but we're yeah. both looking at it to get to the same place at the end of the day. Oh. Completely. I mean, the whole biochemistry is one major component and emotions are a whole nother component. And, you know, you have a lot of people that'll just get better by doing emotional work. You have a lot of people that'll just get better doing nutritional biochemical work. And then you have some, you have to, they're basically so sick and ill. You have to piece together both together. Otherwise you're not going to get great results since everything you can do is making them healthier. And some people you have to get up to that optimal state for them to really feel better. Right. And, and I think that's what you and I are both trying to do is, is assess which one of those components that our clients really need. Like you said, there are people who are going to go to chiropractors and they're going to go three or four times a week for a long period of time and they're going to have significant changes. But there's other things that are also going on that are contributing to it. And it could be, right, um, forgive me if I'm getting it wrong, right? it's the triad or how would you say from the chiropractic uh, world? Triad of health, uh, traumas, toxins, autosuggestion or thoughts. Right. And, and we now turn that into what's the emotional, right? Thoughts, right. suggestion, emotions. So we're, both of us are assessing it. We're both getting it to the same way. And it's interesting that as an NET practitioner, one of the modalities that I'm now going to be using is your, uh, the protocol that you have worked on and you're co-developing and furthering mm-hmm. with, your, with your dad. So now that you're doing that, you came from this background, you saw the difference, you knew what you grew up with, you saw what's being taught out there, you saw what's being done out there. You decided to move from Arizona, right? Now you're in Washington. Yes. And you're now doing things educationally and uh, business-wise with your father, correct? Yes. So, so what's that been like going into, so to speak, the, the family business? I mean, I always get that question. Some people ask if I felt pressure to join him. Some people ask if they have pressure, like since my dad's one of the more well-known names in applied kinesiology. So people ask if I have pressure living up to his name. And I mean, the big thing for me is I get along with my parents really well. Um, You know, I know people that argue or fight and just say, you know, they love them, but they couldn't work together. Thankfully, I have a great relationship. Like I, if my dad and I are in the same area, you know, if one of us doesn't have anything going on, the other's working, we'll just sit in and watch the other person or we'll see each other a few times a week. And we really get along. So we're blessed to have that type of relationship. Um, I'll say the only negative thing is because we work together in the sense of treating patients and the sense of supplements and the sense of teaching together. Um, sometimes it'll bug my wife crazy. if, like, we're whole, you know, whenever we have, and my mom too, it's like, yeah, family get togethers. My dad and I are just talking business the whole time. So, you know, that's the one negative that I can say, but other than that, it works out really well. 
Well, do you think that would be any different? Even if you were living in two locations, you still would be talking because of the fact that you have similar interests and similar backgrounds. Oh, we definitely do. If my dad's in Hawaii and I'm here in Washington, which is for a lot of the year, I'll still call him three, four times a week, usually when I'm driving home from work about patient or idea or, hey, I tried this. What do you think about it? And we'll just bat ideas back and forth. So let's take it back to your philosophy of health and wellness, which I'm really curious about because you have been able to integrate biochemistry, right, as a hard science, clinical research with your time at Yale, and now this integrative natural approach. So what would you say is your philosophy of health and wellness, and what do you wish people did differently out there to take better care of themselves? I mean... That's a really good question. It's a really complex question. I mean, the one thing I will say is there's not one way to health for everyone. You know, when I see patients, I could have five or 10 patients come in with the exact same symptoms. Each person is going to get a different plan. Each person is going to be going on different diets. Each person is going to be going on different supplements, different instructions. And I think that's because everyone is so unique. A lot of the times nowadays, people try to make protocols. Everyone gets the same protocol. And I'm sure the same thing if you're doing like NET on people, you have people anxiety, they're all going to get different, you know, you're working on different clearing NECs and things like that. So, you know, it's... My philosophy is not everyone is the same. I have people contact me from all over the world asking about, hey, can you do an online console and things like that? Sometimes I do, but I really try not to because using the muscle testing and applied kinesiology, it really lets me hone in and figure out exactly what a person needs and take out the guesswork. Um, you know, same type of thing like people asking about diet. I don't think that there's one diet that's great for everyone. I have my dad and I put some people on a vegan diet. We put other people on a hardcore paleo diet and everything in between. You know, I've had a patient where I've taken off broccoli and spinach and cucumber and all of her headaches went away. I mean, you know, so I think it's so interesting. People try to pigeonhole, okay, you have irritable bowel, this is what you do. You have this, this is what you do. With that being said, there are general things that I think are good for everyone, you know, and that's avoiding sugar. That's avoiding, you know, fatty foods for, um, it can be avoiding a lot of pro-inflammatory meats, you know, that are higher omega-6s and a lot of different dairy products and a lot of the chemicals. So when you have a lot of those types of things that apply to everyone, but I think the biggest thing I could say is just everyone is unique and they all get a different plan. And also what worked for you once isn't necessarily going to work for you next year. That can be in terms of maybe you need this supplement, then you need this supplement. Now it could also be diet. In my life, I've done raw diets for times. I've done hardcore paleo with no fruit. I've done keto short term. So I mean, I think like, you know, there's not one diet for everyone and your needs will change based off your lifestyle and other factors. So let's talk a little bit more about food, what's going on in the production creation uh, of food, pesticides, how that's affecting us. I know there's a ton of research out there on, um, on glyphosate. Um, I know some pronounced different way, right? Um, some people pronounce it differently, but I know that there's a large hand-in-hand correlation that's been shown with uh, celiac and sprue-like symptoms for people because of this pesticide that's incorporated into the food. And I know a lot of people out there saying this is all bogus and a myth, even though there's research out there. What are you finding? Because I know one of the things that um, the supplements that you specifically use are being tested to make sure that there's no pesticides and chemicals and fillers and stuff like that. So what's some of the things that's come up for you in your research and your experience and your, um, 
implementation of these things? Um, say like 3,000 new chemicals are added to the environment every single year. It might be higher than, it might be 30,000, but it's some ridiculous number. I mean, people need to start reading labels and see what's added to stuff. And it's so hard because a lot of stuff isn't even added. Like you said, pesticides, those aren't added in. I mean, all pretty much all non-organic wheat in the US is sprayed with glyphosate or however you want to say it, you know, before harvest because it increases um, the... 30% in the harvest fold. So, I mean, that's pretty substantial. If you look at all the chemicals and stuff, I know Dr. Gundry says glyphosate's the, in his eyes, the second most common cause of leaky gut for people and also cancer, non-Hodgkin's from all that type of stuff. But I mean, definitely the chemicals and all of that. I mean, I will say the biggest things with a lot of my patients, you know, you get patients coming in at different stages in your life. And I have patients that I educate about eating grass-fed meat and I educate about eating organic and all this type of stuff. But so many people that I have coming to see me, it's more just let's stop eating sugar and let's stop drinking alcohol and let's stop gluten. And I don't even go into the chemicals yet. I think the chemicals are a huge thing. I think they could be contributors to wiping the cancer 30 years later or different things like that. And I have seen seen people have really bad issues at the moment. But I mean, I think, like I said, it's huge. I try to avoid them. I mean, it's amazing looking at baby products, you know, trying to get flame retardant free and all those types of things. So I think the chemicals are huge. It's not my go-to, but I definitely, I use a lot of products to detox chemicals and also heavy metals are a huge thing. That's one we see in a ton of people and that's released going along with chemicals a lot of the time, even a lot of like natural quote-unquote gifts and things like that. They take out the chemicals and they insert heavy metals in for the colors. So all of that definitely is a huge overall, it adds to the total load of the body. Like we mentioned, you know, with emotions are a huge load on the body. Infections are a huge load on the body. Food sensitivities can be a huge load and also the chemicals and metals. That's another thing just to address and detox and pull out of the body. And how much are you finding, as this is probably becoming more and more apparent uh, with different studies about EMFs and actual light bulbs um, affecting people and the iWatch and all these GPS-based or you know fully digital watches, what are you seeing show up? What have you been uh, reading on that and what are you seeing? I mean, definitely EMFs can be a major issue on people. Um, I've had some people where you need to give them supplements or have them move out of their house or do different rewiring techniques, do different things to help. Otherwise, they're not going to get better. I know this one guy, he was head of security at a casino and he had fallen and hurt his hip on it. He was doing a Segway tour of San Diego. And so he wasn't getting any better. He flew in to see us and we worked on him. When people fly in, we see him three days in a row. We worked on him, a bunch of structural stuff. Next day, 100% of the findings came back. And we're like, hmm, that's not normal. So we were looking a little bit and we were talking about where he works and he's working surrounded by servers and monitors all day long. So we actually gave him two different things that help protect against electromagnetic fields. And then the next day, he felt a lot better and everything actually held structurally that we had worked on him. So I think EMFs are a big thing. Um, I think in the big scheme of things, I mean, I think the other stuff when it comes to food and infections in the gut, I think those are a lot bigger in a lot of people. Um, also, if people have a lot of heavy metals in their body, they're going to be more electromagnetic field sensitive. So a lot of the times, you know, there are a couple supplements that I use to help with EMS, but a lot of times if you can detox the body, get them to a healthier level and also pull out any metals that they have, then they can handle the EMS better. I mean, there are obviously some things you can do at your house to help and lower your load at home, but I mean, out in the environment, Unfortunately, we can't do a whole lot nowadays. And that involves light bulbs, like you said, fluorescent lights, you know, smart meters, all that type of stuff. So where are people picking up all these heavy metals? Is it food? Is it um, body products? 
It's everywhere, unfortunately. I mean, if you look at coal burning power plants, they put mercury into the air. Mercury gets into the water. That gets into the fish. Even they're finding mercury in Alaskan fish at this point. Um, if you look at copper, you have copper water pipes. You have copper IUDs. Organic grapes are sprayed with an organic fungicide, which is copper arsenate or copper sulfate. It's a copper supplement. Um, you know, if you look at arsenic, most lumber is treated with arsenic to help prevent against termite damage. And you can breathe that in. You have beryllium found in anti-lock breaks. You have fracking. I mean, with besides mercury, because a lot of times that can be from seafood, I don't always even, and sometimes copper with water pipes, I usually don't even look at the source. I just know we're exposed to it at some point. This person might have bad genetics, so we need to do everything we can to pull it out of the body. Yeah, I once heard a few years ago from another practitioner that the wood chips that are put down on playgrounds, those bre- mm-hmm. those reddish, um, are actually treated with formaldehyde. Ooh, I so that mulch, that, at all. that mulch type <laughs> substance, um, and they tested it and they found that there was formaldehyde in it. So, so this stuff is everywhere, and and I know that this is affecting people as they come in emotionally. They would never think that when they come to a therapist like me, right, or an average therapist, that they're going to be asked anything that's going on below their neck, right? <laughs> so, so thank goodness for all of these resources that are out there and and neuroemotional technique Dr. Walker created. It was also a student of, of Dr. Goodhart and, and took all these things. So um, let's talk a little bit more about this protocol uh, that you're doing, um, how it got developed and why it's so important and the connection to nutrition and um, living a fully healthy life. So the program was developed by my dad, um, protocol. It's, I mean, he started, he's been doing this work for 35, 40 years now, basically. And the technique has been, a. it's been adapting every, you know, if you, I, if you look back at my dad's technique 30 years ago, it's changed dramatically from now, but even now compared to a few years ago, we're always implementing new research, new clinical findings, things like that. And what we try to do, I mean, so we don't typically deal with emotional aspect. If that's going on, we generally refer out to other people. We just figure we can't do everything at once. We try to look at the whole biochemical and nutritional aspect of a person, which we find are some of the biggest things affecting people. So we look at different types of infections, more subclinical infections, not like you have a cold and a 102 degree fever, but we look for fungal issues. We look for Lyme. We look at viruses. We look at protozoa. We look at parasites. Then we look at food sensitivities. So not necessarily food allergies, but if you eat foods that you're sensitive to, and that can be due to leaky gut, which leaky gut can be due to infections, you're going to um, create histamine reactions whenever you eat a food that you're allergic to. That's going to deplete your body of certain minerals. That's going to weaken your immune system. That's going to make you know different people that can cause weight gain, different people that can cause headaches, that can cause nausea, anxiety, insomnia, a lot of those types of things. As I mentioned, we look at chemicals, we look at heavy metals, we look at hormone imbalances. And our goal, so the way that we look at health, we look at total load. So if you have a cup, you know, a lot of people, until you get to the top of the cup, you feel fine. When you get to the top of the cup and water starts to run out, that's when you start to have symptoms. So you have a lot of different things in the cup. Some we can't control, like we can't control environmental EMF stress. We can't control that our neighbor two doors down sprays Roundup on all their dandelions. We can control things ourselves, but you know, those things we can't. So then you obviously have the emotional state that someone like you can work with NET to lower. We look at, okay, the microbe standpoint, if we can get rid of those microbes, we're lowering down their total load. If we can have them avoid foods as sensitive to, we're lowering down or detoxing metals. So our goal is to address as many factors as we can and pull them as 
far away from the edge or the tipping point as possible, since when they get to that tipping point, they start to have a lot of symptoms. And that's what we're trying to help people with. And I remember there was something that you were saying in the workshop that even though there might not be something active or acute going on, but the body remembers that experience and anything that's similar to that could Mm -hmm. still show up and cause a present day reaction to it. So for example, in my world, um, I'm trying to figure out my food sensitivities and food allergies. And for years, um, I had stuff that started when I was working at a pizza place in high school. My face would break out and get rosacea and all those wonderful things. And I know there was emotional things going on at that time. But I know now, even if I eat gluten-free foods, like a gluten-free bagel, I'll still have the same reaction as if I was eating a regular Mm -hmm. bagel. And that can definitely happen. I mean, you have different components. You have the mental component. It's like you have some people that say that they're allergic to a peach. And the reason that they're allergic to a peach, they're not actually allergic to the peach. Maybe they were doing something bad when they were young and their parents slapped them when they were holding a peach. And then they always cause that mental connection. So it's actually more of a mental reaction than a physical reaction to the peach. That can be something. But often, yeah, things will cross-react too. So like, you know, with gluten-free, there's so many ingredients in. A lot of gluten-free stuff can be pretty junky. Sometimes it can be very good though. But like oats, certified gluten-free oats don't have any gluten. I mean, all oats don't have gluten. It's just, are they processed on machinery with not? But you have a lot of cross-reactivities. So gluten contains a proline called avenin, which that can cross-react with gluten and that can cause a gluten-type reaction. Or is really interesting, um, there's a study talked about by Jeff Bland about 20 years ago, and they tr- trained mice to be allergic and so to a certain food. And so basically, whenever they fed a mouse the food, they'd have a histamine reaction. So they started, every time they fed the mouse the food, they rang a bell. And so eventually, all they had to do was ring a bell, and the mouse had that same histamine reaction. So there can be a lot of different things. It could be past memories. It could be emotional components. There's a lot of things that can trigger those, and sometimes it takes reprogramming the avoidings, but also reprogramming the brain to not have that same type of reaction. So would that be the essence of the protocol that you're doing? Because I know from the emotional side with NET, we're, we're going in using a muscle test. We, we're re-eliciting an original event that may not linearly connect to a present day story, but finding that original time where there was something connected to an emotion that's downstream connected to that um, memory and bringing up the biochemistry, that physiology. is Would it be fair to say that that's what you're doing through your side with toxins? I'd actually say not, I might have made it sound low. I'd say not okay. quite because it, it depends. So sometimes someone might show up on something and you just need to work some reflexes, do some different things and help their body reprogram it. But a lot of the times when we find different types of, and we're not diagnosing things, we find different things with muscle testing for infections, for fungi, for parasites. Then what actually tests on the person is like an anti-parasitic herb or an antifungal herb. So if something a supplement shows up that seems to negate it, then we interpret that as an actual active thing going on because they actually need something to correct it versus if you can just work some reflexes or whatnot to help them get over it, then I'd more look at the past memory. So we definitely do have those and I think they're important, but I would say more we could we focus on the active components of it. So what's it like when you're working with these clients? Wait, let's say someone comes in completely in despair. They've seen multiple practitioners. They're having 
chronic pain, depression, anxiety, all these, right? They're all over the place. And they walk out from working with you guys after a few sessions with a new lease on life. What's that experience like as a practitioner seeing this really happen? It's definitely really rewarding. Um, you know, you don't necessarily think it as much, but then you have some people that just say, you know, it's like, I haven't been able to, I mean, I've had people that have had anxiety or depression for 10 years and you correct it, or you have people that have had 10 bowel movements a day for the past 20 years and you get it back down to normal or, you know, it, it's definitely very rewarding. And I mean, you have, you know, when, with any type of life with work, you, ha- you get stressed at times and it can become down. And then you have the people that you help and it's completely life changing. Like I've seen 40 doctors before, no one else has been able to fix that. And you fixed it in two or three visits. And it definitely is very rewarding um, mentally and I think, you know, we're all have a place and purpose in the world. And I think that's what um, we're meant, you know, that's what at least my dad and I are meant to do to try to help people. And so it's definitely very rewarding and um, just makes you happy that you're able to help people. So applying what you just said um, and taking it into the category of life lessons. So what are some of those big life lessons that you've gained uh, both personally and professionally? And then once with, with that, how have you been able to apply it to being a husband, uh, father, uh, professional, a spiritual individual, etc.? I think the things that I've learned, I mean, one is don't believe what you hear always, you know, like when someone comes with a diagnosis, I don't always care. I want to know how do they feel? And then I don't care if people say you can't be fixed, you know, I want to see what, how we can help you. And I think from starting from scratch, from listening to people, actually taking what they tell you seriously. I've had so many patients say no doctors ever listened to me before, you know, so I think taking those is very important. Trying to look at the whole picture and not become pigeonholed in one thing is also very important. Um, And also one thing that I've learned is just being grateful for what you have. You know, you take health for granted. And I think a lot of us, no matter what we have going on, we're still healthier than a lot of other people out there. And you don't realize that till you've lost it. So, I mean, it definitely, working with a lot of sick people can be sad at times, but it also makes me thankful to God for everything that I have. Also, I think hopefully like, you know, applying it to family, friends, those types of things, I think it just, hopefully it helps me be a little bit more compassionate to people and also just, uh, you know, if things are going wrong, try a different approach. You know, if you're, if you're not getting any results and you keep trying, that's when you have to be creative and think outside the box and you have those patients. And I think same type of thing with a marriage as a father, if you're trying something and it's not working, you got to try something differently. You know, don't get down. Don't think it's never going to work. Just take a step back and figure out, okay, how can we approach it differently? So if you can teach one thing that would encompass your total philosophy and wisdom in less than two minutes, it's kind of what I call the while you're standing on one foot question, right? That if you you met someone on the street and you had two minutes to impact their life, what would you share with them? That's a really tough question. Um, You know, I would share with them that 
just because people have told you you can't do something, you're not get better, don't necessarily listen to them. There is always hope. And that goes for anything. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happened, there's always hope and you can always get better. I think that is one thing that I would tell people. And the others are, I mean, I think a lot of people say a little bit in moderation is okay. And I lean towards moderation is killing people a little bit of this and a little bit of this add up to being something really bad. So I like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically I like to, you know, try your best with what you do. Um, and try your best, be thankful for what you have definitely take care of yourself when you're healthy because when you're healthy, it's easy to stay healthy. When you're unhealthy, it can be hard to bring you back. And, you know, just also try to keep a mentally positive attitude and that's mentally positive attitude when you're working with clients, you're not getting the results that you want when you're with family, when you're with friends and just focusing on the blessings that we have in our life and focus on that. And then I think everything else becomes a lot better. Awesome. I don't know if that's what you wanted there. Or not. That's that's pretty good. Listen, it's the whole the whole question is designed to get people uh, right off 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 their typical thinking path and, and go a little bit deeper. Um, so as you continue on your personal and professional journey, what's what's next for you? That is a very good question. Um, I mean, professionally, always trying to learn, always trying to grow. Um, you know, my dad and I are always trying to research new things, try new things. Partly that's based off either health challenges we have or health challenges that our patients have and learning ways to get them better. You know, you learn the most off the patients that you don't get better right of the way. Um, so I think from professional journey, we're always trying to progress and just help more and more people and find fast and effective and cost-effective ways to help people. Um, personally, I don't think that's just the never-ending journey of, you know, working and being a husband and father. Um, but yeah. All that good stuff, huh? Yes. Awesome. So if people out there are really curious about more about the protocol, uh, what's, the, what's it actually called? How can they find you? How can they work with you or your father? Um, if they're a practitioner, uh, what type of practitioners can take the training? Um, and anything else that you want to share with us in order for anybody out there to track you down and it's kind of funny. A lot of techniques out there have like their own patented names and everything. My dad never gave himself one. He just, he just wanted to be part of applied kinesiology. He never wanted his own technique. So we've kind of got coined after a long time. People started calling us the Leibowitz protocol or the Leibowitz technique. So I guess that's what we are. Um, so we don't have anything fancy. We're both extremely laid back, low key. And whenever my dad teaches in front of a few hundred people, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. So um, to find either of us, um, if you search, my website's dr noahlebowitz.com. My dad's michaellebowitzdc.com. Um, or if you Google us, we come up. My dad's in practice part of the time in Washington, other parts in Hawaii where they live. And then I'm in Washington State um, in practice here. For practitioners, I mean, we've mostly trained chiropractors, um, nature past medical doctors. We have trained a lot of other professionals also. Um, we usually teach one or two large seminars every year, just like you attended our one in Atlanta last Sunday. Um, but we also do a lot of private one-on-one classes in our office where doctors come out for a whole personalized day of training. Um, we also, like I said, patients coming in from all over. And we do have online courses also, which are available on my dad's website, which is michaellebowitzdc.com. 
Awesome. And then there's a way for them to potentially track down any practitioners that might be near them if they're unable to travel? Yeah, no, definitely. We get probably five to 10 emails or calls a week asking for, hey, do you have a practitioner in our area doing your work? And we're always more than happy to try to help people out. I mean, whenever anyone asks about either what should they do or should they come and see us, we always first ask, where do you live? If we can send you someone local that we know, we'd always prefer that to have that close relationship. And then if the doctor ever needs help, we're always more than happy to help them. So, you know, email, easiest way, um, both of our emails are on our websites. Mine's drnoalibowitz at gmail.com. Same as my website. But if you contact us, we're always more than happy to give out referrals and help out the best that we can. Good. So that means anybody listening to this podcast has no excuse to do some self-care, mm-hmm. some really quality healing to get the right nutrition. Um, mm-hmm. If they've been struggling with either the right food, the right nutrition to figure out what's going on with your stressors, both physically and emotionally. And that's why I love this protocol. And for years, wanted to take this training because I know it fits in perfectly with uh, you know, the, the second and third base of, of the home run formula from Dr. Walker, which is the biochemistry, toxins, and the nutrition. So I really want to thank you and your dad for doing this amazing work and uh, for spending the time with us today thank and you. sharing your wisdom with, with our listeners. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun and I look forward to collaborating with you more on different things. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the You Winning Life podcast. If you are ready to minimize your personal and professional struggles and maximize your potential, we would love it if you subscribed so you don't miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Jason Wasser, LMFT.